0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So, this morning we're continuing our series on drawing near. We said a couple of weeks ago that in the, the first Sunday, we really felt that the Word of God uh, for us is that God wants us to prepare ourselves for what He wants to do in us and through us this year. That God has, I believe, uh, significant things that He's wanting to achieve in us and through us during the 2020 period. So thankful to God for all the blessing, all the great things that have happened in 2019. I mean, we are so blessed to see all the great stuff that God's, God's done. But I believe with all of my heart that there is even more for us to experience in God in the 2020 season. And that's why I felt that the Holy Spirit was really challenging us about making room in our lives in order for God to be able to move through us. Amen. Making room in our lives. When it comes to pursuing the plan of God for our lives, when it comes to pursuing the call of God for our lives, it does come at a cost. We have to make time for God. We have to make room for God. It's going to affect our calendar. It's going to affect our schedule. It's going to affect our finances. It's going to affect quite a few things in our lives. But at the end of the day, it is so, so worth making room for God, for God has great things for each of us, amen. So God was really challenging us about that and I said something last week that I want to repeat this morning and the question was this, do we want to grow? Do you want to grow? Do you want to get to the end of the 2020 period and look back and say, I have grown in God because we said last week, the truth is this, growing old happens automatically but growing only happens as we intentionally decide to grow, amen? And so that was the challenge that God gave to us last week. Growing in God is a decision. And so this morning we want to continue with the the series part three in drawing near and growing in prayer. Amen. I believe that God's setting us up for a greater encounter. I believe that God's setting us up for great breakthrough in our lives. I believe that God's preparing us for the greater things that He has for us. The Bible says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has stored up for those that love Him. Oh, well, I just want to stay the same. No, we don't. None of us want to stay the same. You might think that you're perfect, that's wonderful, but I believe that God's got more for us, amen. God's whole plan for us is to turn us into the image of Christ, amen, to transform us into Jesus' likeness. And I don't know about you, but I've got a long way to go. I'm the only one telling the truth this morning. Well, <laughs> the rest of us are just, no, we're all on a journey. But I believe that God's wanting us to grow in prayer and order for us to be transformed into the people that he's wanting us to be in order to reach our community, amen? In order to reach those around us. And last week, we just wanted to recap a little bit. Last week, we looked at the life of uh, Paul in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 7, 3 to 10. And we discover about Paul here that Paul was a scholar, a genius, a wealthy man, a community leader who had tremendous power and influence. But in all of Paul's education, wealth, and fame, it meant nothing to him in comparison to encountering the presence of Jesus. He said, I've had it all. I've done it all. All of that is as dung. It's as rubbish. It's as whatever you would like to call it compared to the knowledge of encountering Jesus. That we find was Paul's whole motivation for life. His supreme motivation for life was to know God, to know more of the presence and the power of Jesus Christ working in and through his life. Amen. We paused last week and I think we should pause again. What is our motivation for life? Part of my motivation is to be as good-looking as Damon. Goodness gracious me, what a good-looking man. Any wonder you married him, amen? I tell you, it's just good-looking. I don't know what your motivation for life may be. Your motivation might be to earn more money, and that's okay. Your motivation might be to get uh, a greater education. That's wonderful. Uh, Your motivation might be you want to be a greater grand-husband, wife, and stuff. That's all great. But imagine if as all of us committed and were motivated to being more like Christ. Imagine if us all of us were more committed to encountering God in a more meaningful and significant way. You know, there are some people here this morning, and and, and getting to the end of the message now um, doesn't mean we're finished now. But getting to the end of the mission, I felt that God's really wanting to stir people up uh, about waiting on God about coming back to that place where we're excited about the thought of spending time in prayer and waiting on God, amen. we'll talk about that in the end in a couple of minutes' time. But Paul's motivation for living was to know more of Jesus. Paul didn't want to know more about God. He had a lifelong learning experience. But Paul's supreme motivation was to know God. Paul's desire was to have a tangible and more tangible encounters with God. In truth, God wants us to have life-changing encounters with him. God's glory, as we saw in the Old Testament, is, not, is, is defined in the Hebrew as kabod. It's, it's weighty. God's presence is tangible. We saw God's presence is tangible. His love is tangible. His peace is tangible. Our God's a very tangible God. And Last week, we looked at two ways or two keys to drawing closer to God. And I want to touch on those this morning. I believe that this whole series is about stirring a hunger within our hearts to connect in a greater way with our Father in heaven. To stir our hearts towards more of the things of God. To get a hunger in our hearts for God's presence to shake off some of the old mindsets about how far we've come in our relationship with God and think that this is as far as we can go. No, there are greater days ahead. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how, I won't say that word, that wouldn't be very nice. I don't care whatever state you are in right now, that there is greater things ahead of you if you choose to believe that. Choose to believe that. Paul had it all, but he knew that there was more. Hello? Paul had it all, but he knew that there was so much more of God to experience. So a couple of keys that we looked at in stirring our hearts to draw closer to God is the first one we looked at desire. God's not going to show up if we don't have a strong desire to meet with him. We've got to have a desire if we want to draw near and encounter more of the presence of God. Look at what Jesus taught about desire. He said in Matthew chapter five, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled, amen. The words they hunger and thirst are talking about desire. Where is your desire this morning? Where's my desire this morning? Am I hungering and thirsting for more of God? Or am I just happy where I am? If you're happy where you are, that's okay. But God wants to stir our hearts to draw closer, Amen. still draw closer to Him. To encounter God, to draw closer to God, we must learn what it means to desire Him, Amen, to have a hunger in our hearts for more of God. The second thing that we looked at was the word dissatisfaction. What did Jesus teach again in Matthew chapter five verse three? He said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God you might be rich you might be beautiful successful on the outside but in your spirit you're dissatisfied with who you are it's like God I don't want to trust in my own abilities I need more of you more than anything else that's what it means to be poor in spirit to be empty of ourselves and hungry for God amen desiring his presence crying out to God for more of his presence in our lives hallelujah I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. Little giggle going on over there. Wonderful. All good? We can talk about those trophy fish, but we won't. I don't want to brag. Oh, that was nearly a sarcastic laugh. John Hannah, I should have figured. I got something to throw at you i'd probably miss and hit someone else and then get sued for it so i won't do it (laughs) so we looked at the importance of desiring having more of a, a a heart after god we looked at the word dissatisfaction about being poor in spirit, emptying ourselves and, and hungering for more. And today, we're going to look at another a thought, another key that I believe that would help us. If you and I want to experience God in a, in, a, in a more meaningful way, if we want a heart that's drawing closer to God, then I believe that we need to learn this third thought here this morning, and it should be up on the screen. We need to learn what it means to delight ourselves in God. To delight ourselves in God. Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord. But listen to this what happens. He says, And he shall give you the what? He said that pathetically. He shall give you the what? The desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. We're going to look at what that means to delight yourself in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. What a beautiful promise that's there. But what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? To delight ourselves in God. To delight means this. It means to enjoy, to take pleasure, or to treasure. So to delight ourselves in God is to treasure God. To delight ourselves in God means that we treasure God. Amen. Do you treasure God today? Is he central to your life? I believe that he is. You wouldn't be here otherwise. But there's a number of ways that we want to share with you this morning that we can delight ourselves in God. The first one is this. To treasure God, to delight ourselves in God, to treasure God, we need to treasure God passionately. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, 37 to 38, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. The thought this morning, what does it mean to love God? Well, to love God literally means to choose him over everybody else, to hold him, to lavish him with affection, um, cherishing him above all others. That's what Jesus was talking about. So how do we treasure God? We treasure God. We we treasure God passionately. We put him first above everything else. We choose to love him extravagantly. God's first in our lives above all. That's what it means to delight God, that we treasure God passionately. Amen. Is he first in your world? Is he first in your finances? Is he first in your calendar? Is he first in your day? Is he first in your thinking? Is he first in your your planning, whatever it may be? God, Jesus said that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength means that he's meant to be first in everything in our worlds. Amen. That's how we delight ourselves in the world. We treasure God passionately. Amen. I love the story in Luke chapter 7. We see a picture of just lavishly loving God where we see that the woman, the sinful woman, comes in and she breaks into a a dinner party that was being held for Jesus. And if you remember the story, you can go to it later. But we see that this sinful woman comes in. We don't quite know what we think or believe that she was a prostitute. But she comes in, she breaks into the meeting. She must have somewhere had a revelation about who Jesus is. Is and who Jesus was right then to her. But the Bible says that she comes in, she takes this flask of, of anointing oil, perfume, pours it all over his feet, and starts to uh, massage his feet. She's crying all over his feet with her tears, and then she starts to clean his feet with her hair. Loving Jesus fervently and passionately. What a picture of loving Jesus passionately and fervently that's how God's wanting us to cherish him amen to, 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 to desire him to, to put him first in our lives that we would love him passionately and fervently amen you might be thinking right now well I'm nowhere near that well that's okay that's why we're all on this journey together of encouraging one another amen in passionately loving God above everything else our praise and our worship to God should be passionate. Our praise on Sunday, our worship on Sunday should be more passionate than a football games support team. Amen. Hello. Come on, when we come to church on Sunday, we need to be passionate in our worship towards God. We need to be lavishing our love and our affection towards God for what he's done for us. Amen. But too many believers just can and say, oh, it's too hot in here. Oh, the music's not quite right. Oh, haven't seen them in a long time. Oh, you know, Shane's speaking too long. The list goes on and on and on. But we're meant to come into this house we have the opportunity we have the privilege we have the honor we have the great blessing we have the the thing that the majority of the planet doesn't have we have the knowledge of god we have the revelation understanding of who jesus christ is that's why when we come in here on a sunday we should be lavishly praising and worshiping god amen stirring our ugly selves if we're not talking about myself then everyone else in the building's beautiful Come on, coming into the house of God, it's, it's our honor to do this. It's our privilege to come to church. It's our great joy to come into the house of God and to sing songs about the King, amen? So we need to passionately love God, put Him first in our lives, love Him above everybody else and everything else in our lives. That's what it means to delight in God and to treasure God. Second thing, second thing is this, to delight in God, it means to treasure God's holiness. To delight in God, it means that we treasure his holiness. I love this scripture in 1 Peter chapter one. It says, but as he called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. God's a very big God. He's a very good God. He's a very powerful God. He's a very joyful God. He's a very gentle God. But I want to say this this morning, he's a very holy God. He's a very holy God. And it's so important that if we want to delight in him, we need to know what it means to treasure God's holiness. There's an old English saying, and some of the older folk would, would have known and heard this before, familiarity breeds Contempt. We get familiar with coming to church. We get familiar with the praise songs. We get familiar with the worship. We get familiar with the preaching. And before you know it, contempt enters our heart. And no longer do we place a high value on the holiness of God. You know, we are his church. Yeah? Amen? Outside of these walls, we're his church, we're his body, we're his family. Amen? When we come into this place on a Sunday, this is his temple. God inhabits the praises of his people. When we come together and worship, God shows up. And we need to understand the holiness of God. That's why we come to church on Sunday with a a right heart, with a clean heart. Amen. Clearing up any attitudes, clearing up any stuff that might limit us in being able to worship God. I would say without exception, when we find it difficult to worship God on a Sunday, it's more likely there's something going on on the inside that's drawing us away. She should come to church in the mornings, prayed up, amen, ready to go, hallelujah. Dealing with anything, dealing with the little foxes that might try and rob what it is that God wants to say to us on any given Sunday, coming into this place knowing and treasuring the holiness of God, but familiarity will breed contempt. Oh, that's just Rachel's song leading again. Oh, that's just this, that's just that. Oh, you know, that this and that and that and that, I can't even say it all, but you get what I'm saying this morning. No, we should be coming into this place with an expectation in our heart, with an understanding of the holiness of God. How do we delight in God? We treasure His holiness. We treasure. We must be so careful that we do not become so familiar with God that we become disrespectful. We should never become disrespectful towards the presence of God, especially in the house of God. Luke chapter 21, I'm always done this morning. Luke chapter 21, verses 12 to 13. Later you can look at it, it was the clearing of the temple. The people at that time turned the temple into a business. Jesus was so stirred in his heart that he went in there with the whip and beat out the business owners to turn it back into a temple. The truth is we are his people, but this is his house, amen. And listen to this thought this morning. We don't get anything else. Only when a church honors the holiness of God will it experience the presence of God. Hallelujah. My Jesus is alive. Good seeing old Andy up here singing this morning as well. That was just awesome, mate. We really love you, bud. Andy's a legend. He's like so many other men in this place. He just loves the house of God. In here during the week, doing stuff, moving stuff around, and it's just you're a, you're a blessing to this place. Amen. God doesn't expect us to be sinlessly perfect, but He wants us to pursue holiness. So how do we how do we delight ourselves in God? Second thing. We we treasure His holiness. Amen. Third thing is I conclude this morning, to delight in God means this, to treasure God's presence. To treasure God's presence. That's how we delight in God, by treasuring his presence. Why is it often we can feel the tangible presence of God in our meetings? So often I get feedback from people that just talk about how they felt God. You might be freaking out now going, what do you mean talking about God? God's in heaven and we're on earth, right? No, if that's where you're at, I want to encourage you. Get a hold of what we're sharing in this this series. Stir your heart because God wants you to encounter his presence in a life-changing way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is moving. And right now, speaking to hearts that might be going, well, I don't know what you're talking about there. I've never experienced the tangible presence of God. Many people in this place have on multiple occasions, amen, but we've got to, we've got to treasure his presence. I'll talk about that just as we conclude this morning, treasuring God's presence. Why do, why do we have the feedback? And Because many people in this house treasure the presence of God. But you know what? I've been in some places where you can't feel God's presence, and the thought well, is why? Well, wherever there's bickering, wherever there's gossip, wherever there's sin, guess what? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When there's all that stuff happening in a family, in a church, the Holy Spirit's grieved by that, amen. God loves unity, He loves a unified body, one body, amen. Encouraging, exhorting, lifting each one up, amen. But when that's exit, the presence of God is exit as well but i thank god for our local church here hallelujah i do so we must take we must treasure the presence of god and not take it for granted one of the saddest verses in scripture 5 minutes and i'm done saddest verses of scripture in judges chapter 16 verse 20 talking about samson and it says this and she said the philistines are upon you samson So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before and as other times, and I shall shake myself free. Listen to this. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. One of the saddest verses of Scripture in the entire Bible. He didn't know that God had left him. The Spirit of God had departed from his life. The question we must ask as we get ready to conclude this morning is why? I believe this. Samson no longer treasured the presence of God. He'd begun to take the presence of God for granted. Never, ever take your local church for granted. If you're visiting here this morning, it's so wonderful that you are. But you go back to your local church, never, ever take your local church for granted. Making the babies cry, that's bad. When it comes to the house of God, how do we how do we treasure God's presence? How do we honor God's presence? How do we treasure his presence? Well, I'm going to share a few things with you this morning, some practical things. Number one, come to church on time. <laughs> I know I upset a lot of people right now. But can I just can I just say something? We we would love you to help us in creating the atmosphere that welcomes the Holy Spirit by all leaning in together. And one of the greatest ways that we do that is to be here on time. To be here on time. I want to ask the question, if you make an appointment with your doctor, are you late? Never. If you make an appointment with the, the dentist, are you late? Never. So why is it we have an appointment 9.30 on Sunday mornings and often we are late? Now I'm upsetting people. It's okay. Hear my heart in this, amen? It, it dishonors God. And I know that there are real times where stuff happens, amen? You have a fight with your wife on the way to church and on the side of the road repenting and getting your heart right before you come to the house of God, that happens. Or you're coming here and and um, you, know, you get a flat tire or you run out of petrol or... It's just stuff happens at home and sometimes it makes it difficult. But can I encourage you this morning? Let's all lean in by getting here on time. We have an appointment every Sunday morning with our Heavenly Father. We have an appointment every Sunday morning with the Holy Spirit. We have an appointment every Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Jesus Christ is all. Amen. And he's worthy of us coming and bringing ourselves on time. That's how we honor the presence of God. Not only that... I just think of our worship team. It's so much easier for them when the church is full and people are engaging, amen. But when we're up here and there's, you know, 40, 50 people at the beginning of the service, it's just awkward. No, let's all lean in together, treasure the presence of God by coming here, making that 9 30 appointment every Sunday morning. I got an appointment with the king. How do we welcome and treasure his presence? We turn off our mobile phones. That's an interesting, interesting one. We don't talk during the service. No one does that. Amen. Unless I don't see you. However, that way you're talking now. Or that way, Josh can't talk because he's on his own there. If you're talking to yourself, that's not good, but it's all right. We engage in the worship, as I said before. And this all has to do with treasuring God's presence. Amen. If I could just have the worship team to come as I conclude this morning. We are so blessed to have such an anointed team of worshipers. Did you see you mightn't have seen it this morning but it's just as cute as anything the little the little praise pit that happens down the front here. I love it. One Sunday morning sneak down and just have a little look there. It's just genuine praise for God, you know. And, and I love it. Just love it. It's beautiful. But we're so blessed to have such a such a great team. I want to finish this morning, you know, talking about drawing near. Life's greatest invitation. This is the greatest invitation that we can ever receive in our lives. Greater than getting invited to the Queen's Palace. Greater than meeting Scott Morrison. Any other leader that you might think of around the globe this is the greatest invitation that we get and it's in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 jesus speaking to the church he's speaking to believers that are distant in their faith he's speaking to believers that are nominal in their faith he's speaking to believers that were once hot in their faith but now had become cold he's speaking to believers that are no longer drawing near And he doesn't say, nick off. He doesn't say, I'm done with you. He doesn't say, forget it. Listen to what he says to us. Life's greatest invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Listen to this thought. God is waiting. But are we willing to draw near to God? Because he promises in his word, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. I pray over this next period of time, I pray over this next couple of weeks, that God will just so captivate every one of our hearts. To stir us to go to another level in reaching out to God, in praying and waiting for, for God. Before the beginning of the message, I just felt that there are a number of people that you knew and have in the past understood what it means to wait on God. But for whatever reason, you've, you've just lost that edge. You've just lost that, you know, wanting to spend a, a time away to meet with God, wanting to turn the TV off to worship God, wanting to go for a, a walk in the morning and to meet with you God, there are a number of people that you've lost that, and God's wanting to bring you back to that. But you've just got to make a choice this morning to say yes, God. If you are waiting and He promises that He is, then I am choosing to be willing to come to you, to draw near to you. Is there a greater invitation? I don't believe there is. There's there's not. Let's just shake off every bit of apathy, of comfort, of whatever it is that's holding us from drawing near, growing closer to God. Let's pray before Steve comes this morning. Father, we just thank you today. You're speaking to our hearts. You're preparing us, God, for the greater things that you have for us this year. Lord, we know that it's only through and by our, our connection, our relationship with you, that those great things that you have for us come to pass. Lord, help us to understand what it means to delight ourselves in you so that you in turn grant us the desires of our heart. We thank you, Lord, today for your word. We pray you speak to our hearts. May we take these thoughts to heart. May you help us to Reach out to you in new ways, in greater ways. May the hunger for your presence grow and increase. And everybody said amen. Amen.